Hello, welcome back to the Sonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open to the public and on the level to interact with us. We love seeing you every Thursday night at, uh, what is this, 9.30 Eastern, uh, adjust to your time zone accordingly, and love chatting with you live on Facebook and on YouTube. If not, we love catching you in the replays or on your favorite podcasting app. Let's see. So you know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge of 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Awesome. Now let's cut over to Jason Richards. Good evening, Jason. Good evening, John. My name is Jason Richards. I'm a past master of Vacation Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, member of the Colonial Lodge number 1821 in Washington, D.C., and also member of Lafayette Lodge number 79 in Zanesville, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Rush Chairman, darn glad to meet you. Nice. And next up for his introduction, that is the past master, Don McAndrews. Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Look at this. Isn't it great when Don McAndrews shows up on the show? It's always great when Don shows up on the show. It's it's not a photo bomber. It's a video bomber. Bomber. Yes, that sounds weird. Yes, that's what happens when they leave the front door unlocked. (laughs) (laughs) The Tyler's uh, not doing his job. You know, the master is not guarding the west gate. No, (laughs) you can't stop Don anyway. (laughs) We're talking about my trip to Europe. Oh, cool. Show. Yes. Nice. Yes. And Don's been there many, many times. He probably has cool things to say. <laughs> exactly. Pull up a chair. You visited cool sites that I've never visited. Well, pull up a chair, man. Let's do I'm it. Don and Joe. <laughs> I even Let's do it. This is happening. It. This is happening. Joe Martinez. We do it live. <laughs> things. Um, and Don McAndrews, the Mr. Mason in Virginia. <laughs> And in all our hearts, um, Indeed. Yeah, you got to make a little pop-up thingy for Don Beep. next time. Yes, I'll, <laughs> yes. I'll work on that. Uh, let's yeah, see, before we, before we get into tonight's show, thank the patrons. You guys are awesome. You guys keep the show running and are super cool. If you want to uh, support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. And that keeps us going for many, many years to come. We got some cool stuff uh, in the in the works for our Knights and Squires. So love seeing you over there. Jason, when what else is going on? show say again when was the last time we had don on the show it's been a long time hasn't it it's been a long time coming yeah we did the royal arts show the royal arts episode way back in the probably double digits we did the operatives operatives. yep all right so it's time to bring you back on again for sure let let me tell you just a little story about the uh, royal arts show that i did i was at the pennsylvania grand uh probably a year after that. And this young man, we were going into the banquet, the end of the, the grand chapter, and this young man was down the hall and he yelled out my name. And I didn't know who he was, but he saw that and he said, I just wanted you to know the reason I'm here is because I saw that show you did about Royal Arch. Here I am. <laughs> so, yes. That was nice. Well, what appendant body are you going to be promoting this year then when we have you on the show? All of them. All of them. <laughs> Join all of them. Yes. Collect that's all the things. Be, that's going to be his epitaph on his tombstone. Join all of them. Yes. 
One hundred out of one hundred complete. Yes. I hereby absolve my wife of all responsibility in my death. <laughs> it was just one night a month, dear. You heard him. Not Eastern Star. Not Eastern Star. Okay. Uh, Jason, where are we going to be uh, in the next couple weeks? So, super exciting news. Um, we are getting ready to hang out with some great brethren down in Greensboro, North Carolina on October 15th for Masonic Con South, y'all. Uh, brother Matt Parker is putting on one heck of a show. We've got all of the TMR hosts who will be down there, as well as Brother P.D. Newman and newly announced uh, keynote speaker, illustrious brother Jim Cole, who we know very well up here in the D.C. and Virginia masonry circles. Um, we also have uh, past grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of North Carolina, brother Sean Bradshaw, who is going to hopefully be spinning some beats for us in, in addition to uh, giving a great lecture. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited because I am unveiling a brand new presentation oh. uh, that's going to be exciting. <laughs> I have to thank Don McAndrews because he gave me last week my opening to my presentation. So... I'm uh, uh I am super super excited. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Excellent. Super awesome. Yes, yes. masonicconsouth.com two C's. Um and uh buy tickets and come down and hang out with us cuz it's going to be a lot of fun. It's true. We'll all be there. Am I on mute? No. Uh I do know that uh it's it's for the south. So if you're in Virginia, Maryland, DC, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, even Florida. Um, if you're in that area, it's a close drive away. So, uh, and it's at the Greensboro Masonic Temple, awesome venue. And I know uh, Brother Matt Parker's been working really hard on it. And uh, he's got Jim Cole as a keynote. That's, I mean, he's a amazing. He could talk about toothpaste, and it's riveting. Um, so, <laughs> yes, yes, he could. Yes, so definitely check it out. Awesome. Well, super cool. Uh, let's see. Let's get into tonight's topic. Now, if you enjoyed TMR Alumni Month, then you have Joe Martinez to thank for it. If you hated TMR Alumni Month, you also have Joe Martinez to thank for that. Because uh, given given the schedules, we wanted to make... You, got, you had something in your eye, Joe. Let's make sure you got that out. Yes. Okay. Um, wanted to... Uh, let you know that Joe was a traveling man in every sense of the term uh, going out. And so when when one travels as a Mason, what's the first thing we do? No, it's not look for the best hotel rates for our family. It's to find what cool Masonic things we can go dig up <laughs> when we're out in, in foreign lands. So tonight, Joe's going to talk to us a little bit about what he did for 22 days uh, and his European vacation, as it were. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and just basically fill us in on some of the cool sites he saw. And Dominic Andrews is going to share a little nuggets of wisdom along the way. That's right. Cause Don knows something about everything, about everything, <laughs> about everything. Truth. So, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. So I took, I got, uh, I tried to limit the pictures of us, uh, you know, eating fancy foods and things like that. I tried to focus on pictures that actually had cool things. So we'll go ahead and uh, let's share the screen a little bit and see what's what. 
So the first place we're going to pick is, can you see that? We can. Thank you. Oh, that's where the first French fries were made. In Greece. So, In first Greece. place we're going to is Greece. <laughs> Have you been to Greece, though? Yes, yeah. Okay. Have you been to Delphi? Yes. All right. So, Delphi. Okay. So, this was a day trip out to Delphi. Um, this is on the way up there uh, in the Parnassus Mountains. Awesome. Did you go in the summer or the winter? It was uh, September. So far. Okay. So for those who don't know, Delphi is the town itself is a ski resort. So in the wintertime, they're rocking. And in the summertime, people just go to see the Temple of Apollo. Um, so these are some shots of way up there. And um, yeah, this is us making our way into the... Uh, into the marketplace. That's right. So now the Temple right. of Apollo is. We'll get there. Yeah. It's at the top. It's we'll at the top. To okay. Good. Oh, how did I zoom? I don't even know how I did that. Google's so weird. You rolled so, the wheel. Let me find. Is that uh, okay. is that Maribel in an all-seeing eye shirt? Heck yeah! yeah. She has the coolest shirts ever. Um, oh, I love so it. So this is. Yes. So for those who don't know, Delphi, the traditional location of the Temple of Apollo, where the Oracle was for at least a thousand years. Um, she predates uh, Hellenized Greece. Um, she was there before and the, the city and had a temple at some point going earlier than 800 BCE. So um, the temple that was excavated was the third temple that was built. There were previous temples built and, you know, ruins, um, you know, temples were built on top of the ruins. So this was the classical Greek temple that was actually excavated and what you see today um, in there. Now, there's, there was a lot of Roman improvements when Rome came and Romanized everything. Um, and the first place you walk into is the Roman Agora, which, as Don said, is the marketplace. So when you're at a temple and you're giving offerings, you need a place to purchase these offerings. So um, the Roman Agora was, was that place. This is another view of the Agora. It's down at the bottommost part of the temple complex. And if I didn't mention it before, the, um, the Temple of Apollo Oracle was housed, the Pythia. And um, we'll talk about some of the cool things that, that the Pythia may have been into um, when she was there and how she may have gotten these visions. Um, but again, to go and, and make an offering at the different temples, you needed to buy things, whether it was a bird or um, other types of offerings. Um, so they had those there at the Roman Agora. Hey, Joe, you know I love you, but yeah. your, your jewelry is coming through loud and clear. You mean on my uh, on my fingers right now? Yep. Okay, I will not move my hands anymore. Alrighty. Um, this as is you are as you are gesticulating. Yeah. As how you can are you talk with your without your hands? I, I have to talk with my hands. I know. Mumble. <laughs> 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 yes. Not only have I Jason picking on me, but I know Don is going to be busting my chops <laughs> for the next forty-five minutes. So, uh, yeah, you're this such is an easy target. Contemplating. Uh, this is us walking up the processional way. Um, our tour guide there, absolutely awesome tour guide. He knew lots of cool stuff about Delphi. I gave him rave reviews. So as you start to walk up past the Agora, you start to get to the individual temples. There were temples there before you get up to the Temple of Apollo. Um, and there's tons of Greek writing on some of these. are all ancient Greek. Um, and the after you leave the agora you start to make your way up the sacred way so it's the entrance complex uh making your way through different temples and treasuries uh because a lot of the greek city states had treasuries there 
uh, where they would keep their money, um, very close to the Temple of Apollo, um, and where they could use to fund things that were going on, you know, in the temple complex. So um, there were different buildings that were set up as monuments to different people. There was Imargos. Um, if you watch those really terrible Clash of the Titans movies, you would have heard his name there. Um, both the 80s one. What's that guy's name in the 80s one? You know, was it Harry Hamlin? Is that him? The guy in the 1980s? Clash of the Titans, that really bad movie that's on on Sunday mornings. Um, yeah, yeah, same there. There's more Greek graffiti. So there were different treasuries. Uh, most of the treasuries, these are the treasuries of the Boeotians. Um, most of them are in this sort of state of disrepair. There was one that was actually built, and I have a picture of that somewhere. Um, that is the temple, I'm sorry, the treasury of the Athenians. So the treasury of the city of Athens was actually stored. So a lot of this stuff is restoration work. It's not the original work, but keep their money. He's our tour guy, uh, phenomenal guy. And that is the treasury of the Athenians. So they were there, they would keep plunder there. Uh, gold and riches would remain there. So Delphi was, um, I don't know if they explained it to you when you were there, but it was basically the center of the Greek world, of the ancient Greek world at the time, so much so that it had the belly button of the world, right? Um, which we see at the museum, and we'll show you a little bit later. Here's another picture of the temple, and this is our way up the sacred way. Um, this, this is about halfway up the sacred way, and here we are. Here's our first shot of the actual ruins of the, the Temple of Apollo. Wow, that's pretty cool. And here are some better pictures of it. Um, so this is all that remains of the Temple of Apollo. So this is where the Oracle actually resided. This is where she made her, um, where she was asked questions and given answers. This is where kings and queens and rulers would come and visit her and ask for advice and counsel on things. Um, so this is the entirety of the temple. All that remains is those few pillars and that floor area right there. Um, everything else was destroyed. Uh, this is the serpent pillar. So for those who, and that's me and my wife. Um, for those who don't know, um, the town of Delphi um, had an original name. Um, its original name was Pytha, and that was named after the god Apollo, who defeated the Python, which was this large, ginormous snake monster. Legend has it that when Apollo defeated him, he threw him in a chasm, and this chasm, what the Temple of Apollo was built on top of, so his, what do you call it, his, um, I guess, or his decomposing body left these vapors that come up, and that's what the oracle would inject, will get high on, yeah, essentially. Uh -huh. um, wow. And that's where she would, uh, you know, have her visions and have her, um, you know, provide her messages and things like that. But it turns out that there actually is uh, chasms and cracks at the top of Mount Parnassus where there could be some gaseous uh, odors and things that arise that have, um, hallucinogenic properties. So probably wasn't a big monster snake. Um, probably was just hallucinogens and things that would kill you um, that she inhaled. But it's a cool story. Nevertheless. Also of, of note, um, Parnassus is the site of the uh, Greco uh, catastrophic flood story with uh, Deucalion. And that is, that is where Ooh. he and his wife Pyrrha come to rest after the flood when uh, Prometheus warns them that uh, Zeus is going to send a flood to wipe out the entire world. Right on. So again, uh, uh, restored. This is not original stuff. You can kind of tell where the restoration was. 
that is one of the navels of the world. Um, so again, the Greeks thought that Delphi was the center of their world. Um, so it had the world's belly button there. There's a prettier one in the Delphi Museum, which we'll look at in a bit. And here's the Museum of Delphi. Um, Joe, take yeah. your left hand, put it under your butt. <laughs> okay. Don't mumble. No. All right. I will. Or take your rings off. I will de-jewel, yes. Mittens. Right. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. Switch to <laughs> mittens. Yes. So the Museum of Delphi has a lot of archaeological uh, finds that were to keep out in the wild. So they built a museum around it. And it's the bottom um, of the start of the uh, Sacred Way. So, again, there is stuff here that spans over a thousand years, right? So before Greece became Hellenized, before it was uh, a single nation. Um, there were people worshiping um, and divining at the Temple of Apollo. Here's an urn that was within the oracle chamber uh, within the temple. They would put gas, you know, they would put, um, sorry, urn that. It didn't help with the fumes and things like that. So um, here's all bronze and brass, and uh, we'll get to some gold in a little bit, uh, figurines that were found. Um, and damn, I did that Zoom thing again. John and his Google. I start to see, oh, there it is, the Sphinx. So outside of the entrance to the Talo, as well as some of the other temples, the Greeks had Sphinxes. So it wasn't just the Egyptians that used the Sphinxes as guardians. Um, it was the Greeks as well. Uh, but you see it looks a little bit different than the Egyptian interpretation. So most likely uh, Sphinxes came to Greece by way of Egypt. So um, here's a lot of reliefs. And Things as uh, here's another Sphinx. Um, so my son, uh, who's nine, he was just counting how many private parts he could find him. <laughs> um, you know, because it was new and exciting for him. So yeah, there he is smiling. Um, I do the same. Parts. He'll does. never outgrow that. No, who does? So there was a lot of gold, um, a lot of gold work uh, on statues found um, in the archaeological site. Um, so is there a lot of gold in that region? Not dug naturally. Um, this would have come from other places. But remember, um, most city-states had treasuries at Delphi, right? They would keep their money there. And it wasn't gotcha. just like gold coins and stuff. Like It was statues and monuments and figurines and you know anything that was worth money. Um, they kept there. Um, this is a bronze calf, uh, partial reconstruction of it. This is what the original temple would have looked like um, reconstructed. So there's a reconstruction there in the museum. Here is the actual, uh, what the temple would have looked like. Um, and you can see what, what remains thereafter. But down here, um, and then the start of the sacred way, you're passing all these smaller temples and the, all the treasuries. And a theater too. They did have a theater. They had an amphitheater, absolutely. Here's Some good, good degree work goes on there. He's got to a place. Here's an uh, urn. Um, here's my son again. Here is the belly button of the world. I'm much um, so again, the Greeks really thought that Delphi was the center of their world. And Socrates, they love their Socrates. Um, this is a bronze. This is the earliest depiction of Hellenized statue work that was ever found. Um, this man is made completely of bronze. Um, he was holding a horse, a chariot, but as you can see here, it's, it's all gone. So, uh, the problem with having a lot of metals in your statues and artwork is that when we get to the 
when we start modern times, people didn't really care about you know statues because they needed bronze and they needed metal and steel for not steel but bronze and uh, uh, metals for cannonballs and things like that. So and a lot buildings. and for buildings as well. So a lot of that stuff got destroyed. So I think that is it for Delphi. Wow. Oh, yeah. And so that Temple of Apollo is the one that actually has the like Delphic Maxims or that were supposed on, on the columns. columns. Yep. That right. is where the Pythia lived for centuries. Um, and obviously the Pythia was not the same person. Um, there was a small pool of women that they would choose to be the Pythia. Um, could not be a super young girl. She couldn't be an old hag. Uh, something in between. Um, you know, there were certain rules around what she could do and what she couldn't do. She was very well protected. Um, if somebody did something naughty to her, I'm trying to be nice on YouTube, she could no longer be the Pythia. Um, and she was the voice of Apollo. Um, so again, wars were started, wars were ended. Um, you know, entire nation states were changed based on what she said to people. And to John's point, there is a list of what, over a hundred maxims that are attributed to, to the Oracle at Delphi. Yeah. Most famously know thyself. Thyself. So, was there a plethora of Pythias? Hey, nice. Well, ooh, I like that. Well, there was only one at a time, but there was only one. Um, some of you, especially if you're, on, you can Hulk, say on the show, you laugh at my jokes. <laughs> he's the only one. So, um, no. And look, it's all my rings off. Might have been your face, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, all right. So the other cool place we saw in Greece, which will go a little bit quicker, even though I'm a huge fan of it, is where is it? No, no. While you're bringing that up, how yeah. was uh, how's the application of your Greek studies? Because you've been in the background. Super awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, having learned uh, recently Greek, learned uh, biblical Greek. Super helpful. Uh, there and uh, you know the language was the same and yeah absolutely helpful understanding terms and concepts and things that they had there which we'll see when we go through the site of Eleusis now Don have you been to Eleusis no. okay so Eleusis is, is my favorite place that I saw in on this entire trip um, for those who are super uh, ancient mysteries nerds like me this was the home of the mysteries um, for a millennium. Yeah. Um, so and we have right. done an episode on the illusion mysteries. Yep, the Illusionian well. mysteries, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so the archaeological site is not, uh, it's not one of those popular sites like Delphi or Athens and things like that. Like you actually can't buy a tour on the commercial website. You have to reach out to the university and then they give you a tour guide slash archaeologist, uh, which we had. So we basically had a private oh, tour wow. of this entire archaeological site, just the five of us. That's awesome. Um, Oh my God. It was an amazing day. We spent the whole day there. Um, basically all to ourselves. There were like a couple of archaeologists working and, and digging out stuff. But other than that, it was completely barren. Um, for those who are ever interested in traveling in 2024, they're going to make Eleusis the, um, ancient capital of the world. They're going to have like big festivals and stuff like that. And I guess to boost some of the economy in that area. So, um, it's really weird. Eleusis right around Eleusis is. Uh, things like oil refineries, it's a very industrial area. And then you have this tiny little archaeological site where some of the most amazing artifacts have ever been recovered. Um, so this is the entrance to the archaeological site. Um, and we'll get to some of the cool stuff in the back in a minute. Uh, this was our tour guide. Um, it was Victoria. She was absolutely awesome. She was an archaeologist and a 
tour guide. Um, and everybody there in Greece has two jobs. They're a tour guide plus a doctor or a dentist or a archaeologist or something. Nobody has one job. So phenomenal. Um, this is the, the uh, entranceway um, where they had an agora um, or a marketplace, things like that. Uh, we'll talk about that cave in a minute. Um, these are some of the ruins that they recovered. They laid them all out on the entranceway because open plain there. Oh my God in heaven. There we go. Um, these are all artifacts that were recovered there on site and I'm doing it again. Um, again, Eleusis is really, um, it's not that super hot ticket item because uh, it's not well marketed and it's kind of off the beaten path, right? It's an hour away from Athens. Um, so you have to take a bus out to get there. Um, it's not, it's not contiguous with all the other stockings, all the big archeological digs and the Acropolis and things like that. So it's a little ways away. Um, but again, being on there, you, you can see how much fun my son was having right there. Um, huh. yeah. Um, so here's the, uh, Kelly Coron well, um, which provided water for this entire area. Um, the sea. Uh, I think they said about 10 kilometers away, um, so about seven miles away, but you could walk there pretty quickly. And, and uh, you know, they would have, it, it had an entire port and boats, and um, but that was salt water. So um, this is one big uh, fresh water supply for this entire area. This is the, the Greater Popilea, um, and this was the big entranceway into the actual temple complex. So imagine, let's see if I have a better bit. Uh, it was a big Again, huge columns, and it was like this grand into the rest of the complex. So it was a greater Propylaea. Um, this was just artifacts that they uh, showed. They had these out to show that a lot of these column structures were not just uh, like they did in Egypt. They were set there and left there. They actually used metal to um, you anchor, know, yeah. anchor them into the temple itself. Um, this is where we start to see some of the Eleusinian artifacts. We have sheafs of wheat. And flowers, and for those who actually know the story of Demeter and Persephone, um, we know it plays a huge role in in that mystery story. Um, so these wow. are we're already sacred way. So this is the sacred way, which starts all the way at Athens. Um, yep, that's where the this is where they were, um, as Don pointed out. So th those are grooves to the, these just bronze gates that were there that actually opened up to what we'll see in a bit, the Telesterion, where, where the actual lesser mysteries took place for a thousand years. Wow. Um, so again, you saw a lot of these wheat and flower and growth artifacts. Here's the groups again. Kept gates there for a millennium um, until they were destroyed by the Roman Catholic Church. But I digress. Um, so here's the Plutonion. And what this was, was a cave complex. They're all shallow caves, but this is where when they were telling the story of Demeter and Persephone, this was the part in the, the drama or the play where they showed these into Hades. So these caves, um, imagine them doing a drama or a ritual or a degree um, where Persephone whisked away by Hades. Um, this is where they had that there. So you would come and watch this drama take place and then move into the Telesterion and see the rest of the story. Um, but this was a really, really amazing place. This place, even my wife said, had like this weird, had this air about it, right? It had this aura. It was, it was really profound being there. Um, and again, you got to remember that people did this amazing stuff for over years, you know? Um, here's other pictures. Um, and again, the processional way is what we were walking on. 
and here's the uh, Plutonion or the, the Cave of Hades. And that's us being all happy, even though it's not a happy place. Um, <laughs> this is us, us walking up the sacred way. Well, because y'all know what happened in the cave, right? Um, these are some excavations that are happening. They wouldn't let us see what was in there, uh, but they're getting ready for their their grand reopening, quote, unquote, on 24. Um, so there are more stuff. There were smaller temples there. So this complex had been used not just by the Eleusinians, but by other people. And then when the Romans came, they started to add other temples. They added a gymnasium, things like that, um, things that Romans do. So this complex grew over time. Here's the end of the day. And then it walks us right into the Telesterion. Okay. So this was the most important building in the sanctuary, right? This is where the actual rituals took place, was in the Telesterion. This is the beginning of the Telesterion. And if you can see here, they're, they're doing a lot of work here. Um, oh, yeah, you can zoom. Thank you. Um, this was basically a ginormous theater, right? And in the middle was where the ritual actually took place. So the lesser mysteries, well, kind of like a one-day class, right? Um, you saw <laughs> <laughs> you saw you, the drama uh, in the lesser mysteries, and it unfolded here. You would start out at the cave, the Plutonion, and watch the actual. They uh, there's a painting. I forget who painted it. It's called the Persephone. She wasn't actually raped. Did they stolen or taken away? But that's the name of the painting. But yeah, where she was taken away from the land of the living and brought down into the underworld, uh, not knowing where to go. So uh, this is a view from the Telesterion out to the temple complex. Uh, this is a Greek Orthodox church dedicated to the Virgin Mary. There is a lot of Greek Orthodox churches in Greece, and they are all dedicated to Mary. Um, they love Mary there. So here's the actual ground of the Telesterion. Um, you see my middle child there. That's where the, the drama would actually unfold, and people would sit all around. Uh, they had a council house. This is where the council of the city of Eleusis would meet and decide things um, and plan their festivals and things like that. Um, but again, it's all Here is a huge... That, now, that's a tree. That's not a bush. So that goes down about 30 feet. That's the top of it. Um, and that's where they would keep agriculture and they would keep seeds and grains. It was basically a big storehouse for the thousands and thousands of people that they had during those two times of the year when the festivals would happen. This is us walking away from the Telesterion. Um, this is my son looking at Lego blocks, Lego blocks right? <laughs> yeah. Huge Greek Lego blocks and being completely amazed. Um, <laughs> This is us leaving the sacred way. And as you here's modern Eleusis right here. So this entire archaeological site, there's just this tiny little fence that keeps things out. Um, and that, that's um, probably to get lunch. Um, and that's one. I'm going to figure Google Photos out by the end of the day. Uh, that's us walking and being amazing. And that is the end of Eleusis, I think. Yeah. So, Eleusis, like I said, my favoriteest, favoriteest place uh, in all of Greece. Um, if you have a chance to go, it's it's off the beaten path. Um, but if you like all this weird stuff that we talk about occasionally, that I talk about a lot, um, definitely check it out. It, the place has an air of mystery to it. That uh, and I brought some gifts for my TMR host. That the uh, yeah, I see some of them there, which so we won't talk about. The uh- <laughs> The a lot of the artifacts though that were found they're not currently there. Is that correct? So the museum of Eleusis is closed and it will not reopen until they reopen the city in twenty twenty four. Okay. So they do have a small museum there, um, but like I said, it's closed to the public now. And they're 
basically trying to re it's a it's a really industrial city and doesn't have any value to it you know in their eyes as, as like a it's not like athens right where you go to the acropolis you take a big picture everything's right. hunky dory um they're really trying to market elusis as a place to come visit and travel to um so yeah are some of the correct me if i'm wrong aren't some of the other um elusinian artifacts in britain london somewhere around there there are some at the british museum there are british also museum. eight okay of, there are also a ton of them at the uh, museum of the acropolis um, they have an entire section devoted to the Eleusinian mysteries, um, where they actually have the pottery, you know, things you guys might have seen, uh, pottery with stories of the rituals yeah, and that's, stuff on there. Yeah, and that's what I was yeah. looking for when I when you were walking through that. Um, again, obviously. All that stuff's on in a museum, yeah. Yeah. You know, one, one interesting thing that I just noticed is the entrance and exit, obviously, to all of these sites is the very same as all of our big tourist attractions. You enter through the gift shop, you leave through the gift shop, you <laughs> enter through the Agora, you leave through the Agora. Basically, yeah. 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 So, well, and those that for millennia. And those that have been to Greece know, as soon as you Commerce. leave the site, it's all vendors, man. Right. Yep, 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 absolutely. So let's go to uh, one place you guys will absolutely love. Um, this is us in Italy, the only place we're going to look at from Italy because I know we're short on time. Let me share my screen again. And we are going to look at, see if Don's been, the Capuchin Bone Chapel. <gasps> Not been yes. there. Yes. So this is a Capuchin monastery in Rome. And um, it's very famous right to it. Um, these are Capuchin monks. Um, they both had phones, smartphones. All right. So they're not super, <laughs> super, uh, you know devoid of technology so let me preface this with picture out in the museum or in the bone chapel let's move on so uh, they so for those that these read don't exist up, these do not exist so for those that read uh, the da vinci code or seen the movie uh do you guys remember you've seen the movie right you remember the the, the monk dude the albino monk yes. who would uh flagell self-flagellate himself right okay so these right here are examples of the capuchin monks flagellate not flatulate i said flagellate <laughs> they might flatulate they <laughs> might flatulate once in a while um it's a two for one special yeah these were flagella that they actually had at the museum where they would, the monks would practice self-flagellation, um, you know, to, again, mimic the wounds of Christ. So they had them there. I thought that was wow. kind of neat. Um, for us skull lovers, lots of skull symbology here in this Capuchin monastery. Wow. Okay, which you'll see in a bit. Uh, this is a Caravaggio, um, an oh, original dude. an original Caravaggio. I think that's the same frame. Um, and, uh, yep, with the skull, there was lots. To paint. Oh, that's the only one I could take. So here's the entrance to the Bone Chapel. It is a crypt complex. All of the work done in this chapel was done with the human remains of Capuchin monks or people that had donated uh, to the to the Capuchin order or things like that. As you can see, wow. there's a small child skeleton up So here. it's kind of like the okay. Scottish Rite? Kind you of like the Scottish Rite. Donate Absolutely. your remains. That's right. Um... So again, but these are all human remains that went from, I believe it was the 12th century till about the 16th century. Um, it was about three or 400 years worth of, they stopped doing it in the mid 1800s. Um, and again, these pictures are terrible. Um, whoever took them wasn't allowed. He did it, you know, from his pocket and stuff. Here are just, there were about five different annexes in the 
stop um all all human remains so what was that like i mean that's because that's got to be a very it was it, it had definitely had a to it man it was yeah um, yeah i mean all, my, my daughter she was blown away by it. she's like wow this is like really profound and stuff and uh you know, she, there was an aura to the place and and you know like i, I just remember maribel uh in that room she's like there's just something profound and amazing i'm um, sorry i keep doing that um uh, uh that's one so crypt of skulls as you hear do you see that little hourglass there that's made with pelvis bones wow. okay so that's an hourglass oh. with wings wow uh there's a better viewer it's an hourglass Um, they did have some real, uh, full bodies there. Um, you see right here, this is a capuchin monk and full body. They did do actual burials here, but they stopped burying people in the 19th century here. Um, so the trends that they actually buried, uh, completely underground. Um, I didn't take any pictures of the ground, but it's actually just dirt. Like there's no stone, uh, down on the ground. And then this is going into the crypts. Um, there are crypts in Rome. You've been to crypts and catacombs and things like that. Um, you know, this is where people were buried before the rise of Christ, after the rise of Christ. Um, so these catacombs had been in use for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, again, these pictures were not to be taken. Um, but, you know, I got a hold of them anyway. Um, this area right here, let me see if I got a better picture of it. I don't. Um, there were three or four different um, in these last couple of pictures that span uh greek time roman time and then post-christian time so you see like little artwork that's evident in all these different uh, um all these different types of people and you can see it in one room um so it's actually kind of amazing but that's the bone chapel um yeah so if you get a chance to go that is actually in rome itself um you're not supposed to take pictures so i don't know how i got those pictures but it's 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 there's an experience there um, I mean, even my two boys who are usually annoying and loud and stuff, um, they were pretty quiet there. Um, the place overall, everybody that was in there that was taking the tour was very quiet and very solemn. Um, yeah, it definitely had an atmosphere to it. So if you like bones and skulls, go check it out. <laughs> Alrighty. And this place I know you've been to. Yes. Hey, Don, have you ever been to any, uh, catacombs or anything like that? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I visited catacombs in uh, Naples. They have extensive catacombs there. I'd, I'd be half afraid, though, being so close to a volcano uh, that <laughs> you might get collapsed on. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're, and it, the funny thing is you go down a street and uh, the entrance may be between a couple of businesses and you... Like restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah yep. It's really crazy. Yep, yep. All right, let's move on because I know we're short on time. All right, so I know Don had to move into this place. Freemasons Hall? Oh, yeah. Right. Freemasons okay. Hall. Never heard of it. Okay, so the United Grand Lodge of England. Woo! Um, that's me being excited. All right. <laughs> they have a cafe and a bar at Freemasons Hall. Oh, wait, there's there's Freem alcohol? There is alcohol there. At Lodge. Okay. All right, Absolutely. just checking. At Lodge. And at the Mark, the Grand Lodge of Markmaster Masons, they've, on the third, have a pub. <laughs> they have a pub. Yes. In England. So... That we went during cafe time. We went during lunch time. So, nice. um, square and compass cappuccinos. 
cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had three of them because I thought they were so cool. So I was kind of wired by the time Square I got and Compachinos. Square and Compachinos. Yeah, there's the bar behind there. And people were just coming in off the street and having lunch there. Like it wasn't, um, there were some Masons in there doing Masons, but um, yeah, people were just coming off the street and hanging out and having lunch. Do you meet um, some brothers the there and, and do the secret handshake and all that fun stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's super cool. Uh, that is uh, some English ability. So then they took us through the tour. Um, that is the. Can somebody tell me what that is? Goose and gridiron. That's a goose and a gridiron, right? So at the entrance there, um, that's the gift shop where you know I spent. A not lot just of time. for AMD anymore. Not just for AMD. That's right. <laughs> so they have uh, now. I've been told. I don't know when you went there, but I've been told that the smaller than it used to be. Like they've curated some of these stuff and yeah. and made it a little bit smaller. That's um, because they expanded the gift shop. Oh, really? <laughs> Seriously, the way man. you go in. And it's Damn. the way you come out. <laughs> so, but they did have some awesome, awesome artifacts here. Um, uh, you know, the aprons and the regalia was just, just, um, you know, I found some super interesting, some early, early books here. Um, were just awesome from the 18th and 17th centuries. Um, what was your favorite thing in this museum that you saw? Yeah. So, um, um had lots of aprons that had skulls on them, so there are skulls in masonry. Contrary to popular, uh, it's it's all photoshopped. I'm sure. Yep. Um, here's some. No, extra it's just tools some like your great thing. Skirt. The skirt. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The chisel and the mallet. Yep. So they have other working tools than we have in in our American York right or whatever you want to call it. Here's the original engraving. Um, you guys have all seen this before. Um, Relation of uh, globes on top of uh, uh, columns, right there. Um, yep, that's the actual engraving. Uh, tracing boards. Nice. The tracing boards they had there were insane. Um, this is huge. This is like eight feet long. Um, yep, third degree tracing board. Uh, this is another artifact that's kind of interesting. Dead things and skulls. Look at that. Amazing. Who would have thunk? That's and in Freemasonry. Marrowbone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here's some cool old stuff. Three distinct knocks. Here was uh, you guys have seen this book. Um, I haven't seen it in print in a very long time, but here's an original copy of Three Distinct Knocks. There is also an original copy. There it is, Masonry Dissected. Um, so those of you, I think, uh, who are part of the Masonic Book Club that just restarted, you got a copy of this. Um, dissected the first Masonic expose. Um, mo- for arguably first and most comprehensive, and most um, and, and the first written the first written instance of the that is correct, and uh, it was so groundbreaking that it caused the Premier Grand Lodge of England <laughs> to change up some of its that's secrets and modes of recognition. Don, see something interesting. Go. Yeah, that's uh, that. Jewel there is the free gardeners. Uh, what you've got is a pruning knife above the square, and that's uh, I'm a member of the free gardeners. It yeah. uh, came to us from Scotland, actually, but the England had free gardeners as well. Good catch, fancy, aprons. yeah. Um, that's people. Uh, there were some cool artifacts. Okay, so here's an early edition of Anderson's Constitutions. 
1723 edition, uh, not the Benjamin Franklin edition. Here is the Grandmaster's chair. It's on display. Here's some fancy English regalia. Here's some cooler stuff. There is a cool thing in here I want to show you. Um, here's some French Rite stuff. They have a whole section on women in Freemasonry. What? First yeah. skulls, then women. First skulls, now women. Um, yep, so they talk about both the HFAF, the Honorable Fraternity of Ancient Masonry, and the Order of Women Freemasons. Um, that's my wife checking it out. They love jewels and baubles as much as Pelpins. Here's a letter. Did she get a pe petition? She did not get a petition. Oh, okay. Um, this is the letter from Prince Hall to the Grand Master of the United Grand Lodge of England. Asking for a dispensation. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So they, they had that on prominent display. That was awesome. Again, huge women. It wasn't the United Grand Lodge of England at that point, though. Uh, you, yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, this is a lodge room, an example of a lodge room. All the lodge closed because um, uh, Lee lodges are dark in July and August. So there was no lodge act activities happening in uh when we were there to visit um yeah huge section on women in freemasonry so you know they're not like the you know they don't put their heads in the sand when they talk about it and stuff and and women's freemason lodges actually rent out space uh this is some of the stained glass work there is absolutely amazing this is a uh let me go back one this is a uh piece that some of the grand lodges had built uh memorializing world war one so all the British Freemasons, um, again, some of the stained glass work here is in, and you see a lot of symbolism and working tools and things like that in the artwork. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, so that, uh, I guess coffin, you could call it has a scroll that moves and it has the name of every single British soldier, uh, who was killed in war in world war one. Wow. Two big staircases. More staircase, more. So these are these multi-ton bronze doors uh, in the entrance to the Great Temple, uh, the Grand Temple. Sorry. Now that's our tour guide telling he picked the smallest person on the tour, which was my son, and said, "Take your finger and push the doors open because they're 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 so about ba they're balanced so well that you just push it with a single finger, even though even thousands of pounds. So this is him pushing with all of his might, and this door. Or, you can see it. This smashed into the chairs that are on the side because he pushed too damn hard. Go in and make sure that he didn't. So he did not. Um, but this is the ceiling of the Grand Temple. I, my pictures don't do it justice. Um, the symbolism in here is will absolutely blow your mind. Um, seats thousands. Yep, seats thousands of people. They do. They they have. Uh, they rent it out to the public. They do plays and stuff and concerts in there. Um, but absolutely, the symbolism in here was absolutely amazing. I'm sure the ceiling. Yeah, so go. Um, absolutely check it. You can spend hours in here. Um, the wife was the one that pointed out stuff that I didn't even notice the first time. The zodiac signs, they have all 12 constellations wrapped around there, which I thought was absolutely awesome. So our, our British... No symbolism. Uh, that's me. They let you sit in the grand air. Um, so that's me. Wow. And that's little me. 
and Little Army. And uh, that is a Mason from New Jersey um, who actually knows some brothers of ours um, from our from our other travels. Um, so I met him there and uh, we knew the same people. So yeah, they were there as well. Small world. And it is a small world. Um, a girl sitting in the Grandmaster's throne. We don't allow. Ooh. And here's the gift shop. Some zodiacal signs. Yes. And that's the front entrance. It is Freemasons Hall. When you look at that building, it doesn't look like it's that big. But when you go inside, and it's hall after hall after hall yep. of lodge rooms and yep. on, it's amazing. It's bigger on the inside. Oh, yes. The Brits have a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> Masonic TARDIS. Yes. I know we're short on time, so I'm going to go right to the jugular of Masonic travel. And we are going to show, I know a place that Don has absolutely been to. Roslyn Chapel. <gasps> the? He's not, not been to Roslyn Chapel. You've not been to Roslyn Chapel? Come on, Don. Get on that, man. So, Roslyn Chapel does not allow pictures inside the chapel. That means let's look at some pictures inside the chapel. Right. <laughs> from from so an anonymous source. It's, it's actually, it's a lot smaller than you see it like on the Da Vinci Code and right. things like that. Um, it, it's a chapel. Um, but the, the art side is absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's the Sinclair family. Um, here's their crest. Um, again, I'm apologizing for these pictures, but whoever took them wasn't supposed to take from his pocket. Um, that is all hand carved work, everything. And there was so much you could spend days in here and not appreciate all of the little symbols and little things that they carved into here. That's me. That's where I was taking pictures from. Um, here is the main part of the chapel. Um, this is the altar annex right back there. Um, everything, everything in here is hand carved. Um, you know, and obviously took a very long time. This is the apprentice pillar. Ooh, uh, I love it. Yes. So uh, we don't have enough time for the story on the apprentice pillar, but the story that was very similar. If you've gone through the master Mason's degree, it's damn near identical. The story about the master craftsman and the apprentice and what happened to him um, as he was carving this pillar. Um, yeah, this is uh, sorry for the crappiness of the picture. So this is uh, if you saw the Da Vinci Code, this is where they went downstairs and saw yes. that uh, found all those books. There's nothing down there. There's a you small annex. You didn't find no, a Sangreal. No, the Sangreal is not there. It's a small little annex, Rats. but they did have skulls. <gasps> they have skulls. That was some some carvings that they had on display there, but really not much there. Um, and, and then it's this is back up. That's the apprentice pillar. Um, yeah, we could probably do a show on the symbology in here today. Um, but just every little single corner had had artwork here. You know, we saw the. Uh, I couldn't take a picture of the the maize, the corn, uh, the American corn is up there. I did see it. Rather interesting. Did you see the the two guys riding the horse? I did. Yes. Yes. Um, here's the outside. Um, some say this is a represent the unfinished walls, a representation of Solomon's Temple. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this is an awesome picture, and my awesome wife's in it. Um, so that's why we took it. Two sons. Um, yeah. Really, 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 oh, really amazing place. Um, 
Yeah. And it, like I said, you, they only gave us about 30 minutes in there. Um, but you could spend all day in there. They did allow photos outside. Outside, but once you walked into the chapel, uh, you could not take pictures. Yeah. Um, and they sold Masonic crap. So at the gift shop. (laughs) And out comes the gift shop. And I think I've picked Jason. Lots of Triskelions. Triskelions everywhere, all over the place. Yeah, you bought yourself a ring, didn't you? I did, I did. Um, and this was just totally a, a restaurant called The Alchemist. I thought it was, had the Philosopher's Stone on there. Um, so, yeah, if you're in, in Edinburgh, check out The Alchemist. Yeah, and I think that's it. Um, I don't I did go to Stonehenge. I don't think we have time for that, though. Because um, I know we got to be winding down. But, yeah, but Don's never been to Roslyn Chapel. Yet. Yet. Yeah, true. There, there's a uh, Allegiant Church in uh, Galway, Ireland, that was built about the same time as uh, Roslyn Chapel. Does it have carvings of American corn? No, they don't, uh, and it's not nearly so ornate as as that was. Although they do claim that Christopher Columbus, before he came to America, stopped and worshipped there. Oh, oh look at that! See, that's what I was going to ask too, Don. Do you have any out of all of the things that? that Joe whizzed through in the, the last 53 minutes. Uh, anything you wanted to add or, or interject into? Because I'm sure you have some stories to, to tell. No, no, but I, I definitely want to go back to Greece. I, I think I my favorite place was the Acropolis. Uh, you, you go up these stone steps, and there's absolutely nothing to keep you from falling to your death. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they don't do. They never do that in the US. So they OSHA do doesn't exist over there. They no. don't understand they, safety rails. They, a union they or have, something. They might have some little uh, uh, metal posts with a little wire going, you know. But <laughs> so my wife just texted because she's watching, uh, as she does. Big props to Barb. Um, she said there's a bunch of questions on YouTube that I didn't answer, so I wasn't on YouTube. Um, did you visit old Jersey? Opposed to New Jersey. No. I'm not seeing a ton of questions. Uh, oh, she says they were asking a question about, uh, what time frame was Eleusis and why did the Catholics destroy the temples? Ah, yes. So, um, Eleusis existed from about the early 800s BCE uh, until about the second century. Um, then there was this big part of time when when the church became Romanized, let's call it. I don't want to just say the Catholics, but when it was Romanized um, and it started to dip towards becoming the state-sponsored religion, um, there was basically a purge of all those pagan uh, pagan ideologies, right? Both Roman and Greek and things like that. Um, and many, many uh, sites in the Greco-Roman world were absolutely destroyed. Um, so Eleusis was burned to the ground. Um, I think it was 170 AD when it was finally destroyed. And um, it was a couple of years before that where they had the last rites uh, that were ever had. So if you didn't get the Eleusinian mysteries before that time, you were never getting them again. Um, and like I always say, they were better than Masons at keeping secrets because there is no archaeological right. records of what happened in those greater mysteries. And they did not write it down and they sure as hell didn't talk about it. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that, yeah. And she's sending me the questions. Yeah. So that's the answer. Cool. 
Anything else yeah. you sent you before we uh, wrap things up? No, thanks for uh, letting me do this. Sorry I had to smash so much in. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could, we, we could spend days on, on all these things. But, yeah, Eleusis, uh, if, if you are interested in anything having to do with mystery schools or even Freemasonry, um, you will have an absolute blast at Eleusis. Rosin Chapel, uh, if you want to invite Don and take him, uh, he's still looking to go. Uh, maybe we'll Don do needs to travel, buddy. Yes. Don and Rosin Chapel. Let's go. Um, let's do it. Yeah, no, this Let's, let's do it. Hook him up with Patrick Craddock. <laughs> he's, yes. he's there now. He is there now. Yeah. Yep. He's in England. He is. Yeah. Oh, All speaking right. of England, condolences to uh, uh, Her Royal Highness, you know, mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. All righty. Uh, Joe, what was your. If you had to pick one thing Eleusis. about the whole trip, Eleusis, Eleusis. hands Eleusis. down. Yeah. Yep. Very nice. Very cool. All right. Any, any last words, Joe, before we uh, wrap things up? No, it was a blast. Like I said, if you are, even if you're a Mason or not travel, go see the world. I mean, you, you only have one life to live and uh, you know, you're, you're, it doesn't do any good sitting in a 401k. So just take that money out and go travel. <laughs> Drain it out. You can't take it with you. Uh, I will leave my last word to Don about traveling because he's yeah. done it way more than I have. My kids don't need that money. So I'm going to spend it. <laughs> 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 uh, we are not financial advisors. All recommendations are. <laughs> How about you, Jason? What was your favorite part of Joe's slideshow? Um, Greece, just because I I love looking at archaeology, and I think probably Eleusis is my favorite part, just with how steeped in mystery the the site still is and uh yeah man wish i could have been a fly on the wall several thousand years ago when you know rituals are actually being performed there yeah i agree one day classes one day classes, <laughs> one day classes were performed there yes <laughs> uh you know for me um surprisingly uh, out of all those things just just seeing them now because you were you were posting on Facebook, which was fantastic to as because we were all living vicariously through you and your family, um, but seeing it now again, the thing that hit me the most tonight was the uh, where the the gates uh, were were hewn into the the Long stone. Gates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's something I, I admire about visiting all these historical sites. Is like you're you're there. You're physically standing in the same place that has this been scarred through history of uh, both positive and negative things. And, and just to be able to say that, you know, you, you occupy the earth in the same location uh, where stories and, and epics were written is really just a, amazing. You walked sacred way. You walked. Yeah. Sacred. Like yeah. That is phenomenal to say, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you were standing in the place where people perceive those mysteries that uh, basically decided our fate for thousands of years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, we, we are a result of of the way that the mystery schools were run, and Eleusis was the center of that for a thousand years. Yeah, that, that's just an amazing feeling. And so, uh, yeah, if you get a chance to do that, either domestic or abroad, Definitely get a, get the chance to do that. There's tons of history in your in your own hometown, Masonic history, even in your own lodge. So just just start, you know, exploring, taking it all in, and savoring that uh, history that we have around us. Um, 
little little cue just because uh, if you're keeping count, we are on episode 396 of the Masonic Roundtable, which means we are four episodes away from the big 400th episode. So we're we're shuffling the deck and finding a good topic. And spoiler alert, we're actually going to have long form com- content. So. For those of you who say, man, I love what you guys are talking about, but Joe had to fit this whole slideshow in under an hour, uh, we're going to break that barrier. We're going to actually do some long-form content um, starting at episode 400, maybe a few more after that. So we'll see, but um, you won't want to miss that one. We we certainly appreciate you guys watching. For the the, uh, audio listeners, go to YouTube and and check it out again. So we appreciate uh, you guys listening and watching. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But those on YouTube love it, so you guys are great. When are we going to Egypt? When are we going to Egypt? Yeah. Don wants to know. Egypt. That's a great idea. I'll write that down. All right. Next, next up, episode 400 in Egypt. Let's go. When the social unrest dies down the road. <laughs> yeah, just a little. You guys are awesome. Thanks for watching. I keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow.